Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, a weekly podcast all about indie games and their creators and such. I don't know why I said that so weird. It was indie really games. Yeah. I'm not that, I don't know. Gonna start, I don't know where I was going with that. that. It was just weird. More? Like, is that like a thing? I, I don't really know. I was gonna say I'm not that like harmonic. I'm not that like musical. I'm not. I'm not that musical of a person. I actually kind of hate musicals. Little did you know. Mm, I wouldn't yeah. have even guessed. I don't like uh, sing talking. It really bothers me. Oh well, yeah. then you must kind of hate yourself then. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm uh, hardcore self-loathing going on here. Oh, it's nice. pretty All right. It's a depressing life I lead. Uh but this is an indie game podcast where we bring you the indie games news that you might care about. We talk about some indie games on Kickstarter and of course I bring Josh some random questions we talk about. Of course, they are pertaining to the games industry. No more talk of Josh's genitals, even though we never got there. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, we got close, though. We, got close. we did. We did. We kept going I mean, lower and lower, you know? When we got to fears, I was hoping you'd bring up your genitals so I could ask about them, but uh, you never yes, did. Yes, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. You yeah. got to ease it in. You can't just can't flat out right say it. Yeah, it's just, that's not socially acceptable. But of course, my name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm one of the hosts alongside the big Josh boy. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, it's another another fine Wednesday out here in sunny Florida. Oh my God, you just gave away the day that we record this? I can't believe it. That is crazy. Don't you say that Everyone like was a saying, lot? I, yeah, I say it a lot. I'm Get the sure. hell out of here. <laughs> Isn't like every day sunny in Florida though? Do you guys uh, actually have bad weather? Yeah, I mean it rains. It rains. And then Does it's... it do anything else? No, no, mostly rains. But then sometimes when there's like a hurricane, it rains a lot, and then it like kills people and stuff. But you know, for the most part, it's pretty sunny and nothing happens. <laughs> it's only like it's just like kills people. It's only a little bit out of the year, so it's how fine. many alligators do you see on a daily basis? Is it a lot? Uh, you know, it depends on what area you're in like uh my job is kind of close to a golf course so actually if i look out there sometimes they'll be out there so i guess no fucking way yeah yeah they're just chilling i was totally joking fuck florida i'm never going (laughs) to florida i swear to god it's gonna be like our millionth episode or something where it's like oh we're finally gonna do indian incursion live but i have to come to florida no it's no it's not gonna happen but what about mickey don't you like mickey Want to go um, hang no. out? Huh? No. 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 Oh, me. damn. Sorry, Mickey. 
Maybe next time, Disney. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what have I been playing? So yeah, uh, that's what I was yeah. Let's ask. get let's get back on Beat track. Beat me to the punch. <laughs> so I've been playing a couple of games. Uh, the first one I picked up. Uh, I was gonna pick up that one game. What was it? It was like Path or something that we were talking about, where it was like the Indiana Pathway. Jo- yeah. So it was the Indiana Jones game. Didn't pick it up because instead. I was like, I went on Steam and I was like, all right, I'm going to get this game. But then I got an email and it was like, hey, your wishlist game is uh, in early access now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so a while back, a couple weeks back, we talked about a game that was coming out and it is called Deck of Ashes. So it's basically a hybrid approach of a card-based game. So kind of like a Slay the Spire. Yeah, I know. It's another card game. Uh, And Darkest Dungeon. So it's basically you're running around on this map, going to different locations, looking for resources, trying to find better cards, trying to find better like relics for yourself. Uh, and in the midst of that, there's on each world a giant boss that's like looking for you, but he's not he's not really looking for you. It just says he is, and then eventually a countdown, depending on how long you go, he'll end up attacking you. Um, but have you played Moonlighter yet? No, I have not. Ah, damn, I was going to tell you. In Moonlighter, if you spend too long in one section of it, like, uh, you go into floors of these dungeons, Mm -hmm. and if you spend too long, a ghost will come up and just murder you. Wow. It basically just instant kills you. It's depressing. Oh, that sounds terrible. Uh, (laughs) No. So, so no, this this is more like there's a map of, like, 15-plus spaces, and it's in a giant, just like each one of them connects. And so you get to move from space to space, and each one is a different thing. So there might be random events, there might be battles, there might be just like little circles that mean do nothing, but you can harvest for resources. And each action takes basically an hour's time in the game, and you go for a couple amount of days until eventually a giant boss attacks you. So you go through, and the game is very similar to a Darkest Dungeon type, where it really is grueling. It's like very difficult in the sense where the first world I played and I was like oh this seems fun and I'm on the the normal difficulty which is basically three difficulties up so there's a fourth one that's higher um, but this is like the this is how the main, the game is meant to be played and so I was playing in the first world I went through and I was like this seems okay like it doesn't seem that bad and then the world two came and I was like oh man this is quite a spike in difficulty what a difference and it, it's pretty annoying because the way it works is you're given a deck of cards and you keep getting new cards but every time you play them in every battle they become burnt and they become ashes so then at the end of each battle you have to spend this like rest points where you can either renew your cards get uh, your health back or craft new cards and so it's like at first it's okay because you don't have a lot of cards and the enemies are like easier to deal with but as you get further and further it just becomes this this a terrible choice of like mixing resources of like well I don't have enough cards but I also need health and I, I don't have this and blah, blah blah and it just keeps going back and forth and it's one of those things where I kept playing for a while and I just kept getting frustrated and I was like I don't want to do this constant management and have to get pissed off because the game seems very strange like in its relation to fighting the enemies and how the deck building works just because I don't like that every time like basically 
how it works is when you run out of your cards, they all turn to ashes. You then get another card that's put in your hand each turn, and it's like you can decide if you want to get five random cards and take 20 life points of damage which is terrible so it, it, it sounds like a pain in the ass it is a pain in the ass so i was like I, was, I kept trying it and trying it and eventually i just said you know what i'm going on the lower difficulty and it, it gives you more health and it's not as uh terrible with once you die you have to start the whole game over instead when you die you start from the the level that you are on so it's like not as bad but then I ended up getting a, an email, which goes into my game too. I got an email from uh, Double Fine Studios that I was invited into the closed beta for their new game, Rad. And I basically just been playing that and kind of left Deck of Ashes because I was like, eh, I'm not really that into it anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good game and I will probably go back. It's just, it was a bit much for me to get my head around at first and I just probably need more time to sit with it. But rad uh on the other hand is uh making a lame joke pretty damn rad um it's it's good it even for a closed beta it seems like this is the kind of game where i feel like they could have just released it and people you know some people probably would have been like pissed like eh, this isn't like a finished game but people still probably would have paid for it and been like yep i like it because basically the way this game works is you take place after not one but two apocalypses and you're in this village that just seems excessive i know it does <laughs> and the game if you've ever played a double fine studio game which many people have it always has a very quirky like sense of humor so it plays into the fact that it's a ridiculous kind of scenario um but basically you you come into this and you're this teenager who has to fend for his village uh kind of reminds me of a fallout for obvious reasons that it's you know after an apocalypse and you're uh going out into the world after uh events happen because you need resources for your city um but basically it's a 3d adventure roguelike style game where at the start of it, you're very weak. You just have like a baseball bat or a different weapon if you end up choosing it because you get them later on. Um, and you basically walk around and you start hitting these weird mutants with a bat and you start jumping around and that's pretty much it to it until you get your experience high enough. And every time you level, you get a random mutation. So the mutation is uh, out of everything in the world. There's a number of different things uh, that keep coming through. And essentially what happens is you could get bat wings for being able to like fly up really high and float. You could get uh, a head that explodes, kind of like Ghost Rider, where your head turns into a flaming skull <laughs> and you get to chuck it at people and have it explode. Um, you can get giant crab legs and go down into the ground and be able to like pop back up and attack people. It's it's very interesting. I don't know how crab legs help you. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Just because you become <laughs> this crab monster that can go up and down. I don't know why it happens, but it's a thing. So just deal with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still it's a lot of fun. It can be annoying because you can't really pick the mutations. They're just kind of random. Um, but at the same time, it makes the game always unique because you never know what you're going to get and you have to kind of just work with the mutations you're given and then play out the run based on that. 
That's pretty awesome. Speaking of like mutations, I've actually for the games that I've been playing this week, um, I popped in and da- I downloaded and played Nuclear Throne. I actually I I've loved this game for a long time. I think Vlambeer is an awesome like development studio, um, and it has a very similar mechanic where every time you level up, you get like you can mutate in certain ways, which is basically just getting like different skills and abilities. Uh, but of course they're, they're random. So you can get different ones each time. Um, I realized that I like, uh, to build my characters being like super bulky and using shotguns that like their bullets bounce off shit. So I never have to worry about attacking anything. So that's basically what I do. Every mutation I get, I'm just like, okay, I just want more ammo for shotguns uh and bullets that bounce that's about it it's pretty fun um <laughs> other than that i played some enter the gungeon as well i downloaded it um i've heard that after the new update the gunslinger is actually super op and then i realized getting the gunslinger is a pain in the ass and i'm probably not gonna be able to do that because uh, you have to unlock the paradox and then you have to beat the game as the paradox and all sorts of other stuff it's really weird I, <laughs> other than that I'm also playing another game, but I can't talk about it because I'm under embargo for it. But it is very fun, and I'll talk about it next Ooh. week. Yeah. So secretive. So cool. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. It's it's so secret. Um, but it's time to pop in to our news stories for today, get into the real meat of our podcast. Our first news story is over on Polygon. This written by Patricia Hernandez, and it is No Man's Sky players have spent months mapping black holes. Uh, so... Honestly, this is a long and meaty article. It takes a long time to get into the, the, the... It takes a long time to actually get into it, but it comes down to... Uh, it seems like No Man's Sky actually had black holes beforehand, uh, but they didn't necessarily go anywhere. It wasn't anything like really cool. Um, but after an update, and I don't think it actually says uh, which update, or if players even know which update, uh, the black holes became somewhat of like a highway. It took you to a certain place. These players found out that, uh, you could go through and everyone had it happen. So if you went through a specific black hole, you'd end up in a specific place. Um, so a bunch of players banded together and they've started mapping these black holes to make like an interstellar highway. Um, and they call themselves the, themselves the black hole sons, which is all right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, they're mapping black holes. It's so cool on, a. On this article over on Polygon, it actually has it separated based on platform. So PC has uh, 902 entries. Uh, that's 902 black holes mapped, I'm assuming, uh, entries. Uh, PlayStation 4 has 1,838, and Xbox has 305. Um, I'm assuming the reason the PlayStation has so many more is because... I, I, I'm guessing this feature actually took place before No Man's Sky came to other consoles and it was only on uh, the PlayStation 4 but and PC. Um, I'm assuming that's why Xbox has so little. But that's, mm-hmm. once again, I have to say it a third time, an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. I, I Yeah, I don't know. Do we know the reason like why these black holes are showing up? Like, is it just... Are like our new I think ones? it was actually just built into the game. It was, I think it was, uh, black holes were initially in the game. Like I said, it, they didn't really like necessarily do anything. Um, it says, do you step into the black hole, try your luck or you, do you continue on your way? Um, players, uh, venture forth, treated to a delight of the senses. 
Hello Games interpretation, uh, what traveling through a black hole must look like, and then you'd arrive on the other side completely lost. There's no way to tell where the black hole will send you, uh, but a little thrilled. Um, so I'm assuming that I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like the reason weird. why I ask is because you'd think that maybe it's versus like someone some kind of player base action like they're causing more black holes or maybe because there's like i i really don't know but just trying to figure out like why that would be different like why would they have coded something where there would be just a immense amount more of black holes than a different console base which i can't imagine that it's much different from the code base that they're creating this like i don't know what their reasoning behind that would be so i just don't understand why there's so many but regardless that's really not the point of this article that that's more me just being interested but the crazy thing is just man where do people find all the time to do this yeah, this is pretty... I mean, I, I've i played some No Man's Sky. I have not put this much time into it. Um, fudge. I swear to God, somewhere <laughs> in here it says, uh, curiously, the coordinated with these black holes are constant throughout... Okay, yeah, they're constant throughout platforms, so these black holes exist on every platform. It's just Xbox, uh, the player base hasn't mapped them oh, as much as PC or okay. PlayStation 4 has. Okay. Yeah, that... they're all the same. It's just who's mapped. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I was so confused because I thought that was them saying, like, they've completed everything and those are the ones that were left, which was which is weird. No, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, these are the ones they've done, which it's kind of interesting because uh, No Man's Sky is a procedurally generated universe, so these black holes showing up are kind of just well it's it's random that they showed up i guess in the places that they did um and i i'm wondering if that means that it's constantly creating more like it's kind of a it's weird no man's sky is so cool i'm so excited for the beyond update there's so much amazing things so many amazing things happening with no man's sky and the fact that like stuff like this happens where it's an entire like i'm assuming hundreds if not well, let's just go with um, like tens, if not hundreds of people are basic. They're just becoming like map makers. They're yeah. becoming cartographers. It's so cool. <laughs> I, I've never had a game that actually made me want to map black holes or just map in general. But this is awesome. I mean, I'm very excited. Yeah, the dedication for fans is pretty, pretty inspiring in some ways. Like it's very interesting how someone can get so into something that they decide, you know what, I'm going to dedicate all of this time to map out the game. I mean, it, it comes into a lot with people who do like, you know, wikis or guides for video games, but this is, this is one of those things where it's like on a very specific scale. Um, and I, I know obviously there's a community, so it, it makes it easier when you have more people all putting this together into one but like this is still a massive project and definitely something that takes time because you have to find each one of these black holes you have to find out where in the universe you are you have to map the entire universe to know and then from that like one of the things in the article was the there's the risk that this could all be blown away once the patch comes out or not the patch but the new update so like they're doing this all within the knowledge that this could be for nothing yeah i don't think that hello games has like set precedent yet with an update like a large update coming out and then it deleting 
anything from the game already. I, I'm pretty sure that they're just working on expanding the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is true. Yeah, with an ever-evolving game, you never know what they're going to take out, especially with this like dramatically cutting down on travel times. Um, a big part of No Man's Sky is actually traveling between galaxies. Mm-hmm. And some of it takes a long time. That's the whole point that they're mapping these these black holes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. I... No Man's Sky, the community for it is just massive. Even before, I believe the the most recent, the biggest patch was Atlas Rising, mm-hmm. um, which kind of brought a lot of people in. That's what brought multiplayer um, and the ability to like edit your character and do a third-person view instead of a first-person. Um, it brought a lot of people in, but the community was massive beforehand. Uh, they actually, like, there's an entire holiday that was created in the game just from players it's called like reclamation day or unification day or something like that it's awesome the player base is just kind of changing i mean i guess the whole point of the game is to change the universe right uh well it's to get to the center of it but i don't really know if that's kind of the the point anymore because once you got to the center you just were forced to the edge again (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know but uh i mean Hopefully it doesn't ruin their work and uh, they just get a ton more black holes to to start mapping out. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, Speaking of not ruining your work, our next story is over on Twinfinite. It is written by Alex Gibson. It is Very Little Nightmares revealed by Bandai Namco for mobile. Uh, The trailer showcases gameplay. It it really doesn't. I don't know why he said it showcases gameplay. It, I mean, I, I think of things showcasing gameplay as actually showing you how the game works and the trailer was just like hey six like walks across um yeah that's just (laughs) a weird thing um there's yeah there's a new little nightmares game on the way uh, but it's only coming to mobile bandai namco today announced a very little nightmares a prequel to the critically acclaimed puzzle game which uh will launch on ios soon in in uh, quotation marks. Um, this game is not being developed by the original team, uh, which is uh, Trazier Studios. I, I don't know how to say that. Um, it is instead being uh, developed by Alike Studio, um, the creators of Love You to Bits and Bring You Home, which I've never played either of those games. No. I'm actually... I. I have played through Little Nightmares. I liked it a lot. I even bought the... Uh, like the of course, I bought the like collector's edition so I could get oh, the little statue really? of six because it's really cool. Yeah, I'm yeah, so surprised. Really. I know. I it's, me spending my money on dumb physical goods. I mean, is very surprising these days. It so. is, it really is. But good yeah. good to hear you did it for this one specific thing. So it just works out <laughs> for the story. <laughs> um, I'm actually really excited for this. I I I have an Android, so I can't exactly play this. But it's eventually when it comes to um android it'll be cool i'm gonna play it hopefully it doesn't ruin anything (laughs) i mean is is there talk that it will come to android it says only ios soon right yeah it says it says the launch on ios soon i'm just i i make a lot of assuming yeah just assuming that it'll come out (laughs) yeah we'll see we'll see uh i hope so too because uh if not i'll just have to use my wife's phone and uh (laughs) play it there i guess my fiance does not have an iPhone. Ah, I'll just steal my best friend's phone so I can play it on his. Ah, I'm sure he won't miss it. Who needs a phone? Ah, uh, nah. 
He's got two. Oh, uh, hmm, okay, well, clearly he... He has a second phone that doesn't actually do anything. It's just used for listening to music, so he doesn't need the one that actually works. Why doesn't he use his regular phone for listening to music? I don't know. Fool. Yeah. What a fool. He doesn't want to break it, I guess. We work in a place... Uh, we both work in the same place, and uh, it's like a warehouse, and I'm assuming he just doesn't want to break his cool phone. Oh. You get to work with your bestie every day? So cute. Yeah. Yeah, several of my friends, actually. I work with them. Wow, you guys are so cool. Yeah, I just run a machine that packages coffee every day. It's so much fun. Do you like coffee? No, I hate it. Oh, so ironic. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the smell. I don't like the taste. I don't like anything about it. Oh, wow. Well, sounds like your little nightmare. But I'm... <laughs> Uh, I hate any- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, it sucks because I I've never played Little Nightmares, but I see it's on my wish list and it's on you know one of my backlog items that I I really want to actually get into. Every time I've seen it, I'm always like, I should pick that up. It looks like it would be a lot of fun. Um, and this seems to have the same general concept to it. So whenever I hope it does, uh, it comes to Android. My uh, my survey money will be ready to uh, to get thrown at it. <laughs> Your survey money? I've got like $5 I, right now. Just sit I'm going to ruin something for you right now. Shut your face. Don't you ruin There's anything. There's no cards in the game. There's no, There's cards? no cards? Oh, yeah, well, no I, cards. Can't, I can't do it. I though. mean, what's the point of even playing it if it doesn't have a card system? You I know. know I mean? Yeah, that's really, that's what gets me. It's, it's really. Hey, does Rad have cards? Does Rad have cards? No, it does yeah. not. Why are you even playing I know. What's wrong yeah, with you? It, I, Come on, dude. I mean, I did stop, so I guess. It's dumb. <laughs> Uh, speaking of dumb, our next wow. news story is over on IGN. It's freaking dumb. Uh, it's written uh, by Colin Stevens, and it is Minecraft Movie Gets 2022 Release Date. Um, this was announced on the Minecraft Movies. Nope, nope. It's just it was announced uh, on the official Minecraft website. Okay, wow. that's what I was looking for. Uh, it's directed by Peter Solit. I don't know how to say his name. Maybe. Maybe. Solit. Um, Solid? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he he's uh, writing and directing the feature-length film, um, and he's known for his work on Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which I actually enjoy. Yeah, I like that movie. Um, Good movie. The Minecraft movie is going to... The Minecraft movie will follow a teenage girl and an unlikely group of adventurers uh, who, after the malevolent Ender Dragon... Uh, yeah, Malevolent. I was, for some reason thought I didn't read that correctly. Now, Malevolent <laughs> Ender Dragon sets out on a path of destruction, uh, must save their blocky overworld. At this point, are there... It, how is there still unlikely groups of heroes? Like, the most <laughs> unlikely group of heroes are actual heroes at this point. Yeah. Because it's always, like, a group of children. <laughs> Which I'm not, like... I like that. I'm a big fan of Stranger Things. I enjoy freaking kids going off on crazy journeys. Crossing Souls, awesome game. Kids on a weird-ass journey. But at this point, it's just... It's not unlikely anymore. It's it's much more likely to actually go on an adventure as a child than it is to go on one as an adult. And or hero. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Our, so are you just so excited for the Minecraft movie, dude? Dude, let me tell you, I uh, I'm gonna buy like 15 tickets just so I don't have to sit near anyone. You know what I'm saying? Just enjoy. Yeah, it just buy out a whole. Yeah, row. I'll just buy out the whole theater, every single. I'm t- every single one. 
I don't know why you wouldn't. This is a blockbuster uh, feature <laughs> Get of 2022. Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> Good one, Vaughn. <laughs> Didn't even know An it. Unintentional pun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not at all. This reminds me, like, the best way that I could think of this is the Emoji movie. It. Uh, That's exactly what I thought yeah. of. Yeah. I'm not even joking. It's a movie that I feel like does not need a movie. My, like... This whole, like, the premise, the Minecraft movie will follow a teenage girl and an unlikely group of adventurers. Like, uh, what, what, why? What does that have to do with Minecraft? Also, Minecraft has, like, there's nothing in it. It's just build shit. Like, I don't understand. Why does this need a movie? But Steve Carell is excited for the Minecraft movie, so... I mean, apparently, I didn't actually watch the video that's attached to this IGN article, but it, it does say Steve Carell is excited for the Minecraft movie. I mean, definitely sounds like uh, just eye candy, but yeah, uh, it's just there to catch catch you and make you play the the clip there. It, he was supposed to be the <laughs> like one of the voice actors in it, but then couldn't or something. Also, this this movie, like if you look at the history of it, this like wasn't meant to be made. Like, this has been going on since 2014 and has been dropped by, like, everyone. Which does not bode well. I know, yeah. (laughs) Every movie that consistently starts and stops in production generally ends up being a gigantic piece of shit, so... And it's it's all reasons of creative differences or people just being too busy doing other stuff, which means no one is taking this seriously except for maybe the one guy who is and is causing creative differences. Yes, yeah, Steve Carell. <laughs> Damn it, Steve Carell. Why can't you just let us have something nice? Does this mean in, in like 2022, if the Minecraft movie comes out and is shit, I can blame Steve Carell? I mean, yeah, that's the only thing that uh, makes sense to me. If I ever run into Steve Carell, I can make sure I tell him I blame him. And then I'll make sure I tell him that you gave me permission to blame him. All right, so. I'm sure he'll understand. Yeah, the blame. Oh, oh, there's so much blame in this. The blame wouldn't fall on me. It would fall on you for allowing me to blame him. You see? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you got. Yeah. I mean, you following? Are I you guess. catching my drift? Yeah, here? I guess. I guess there's no other way out of it. Clearly, clearly, it's all my yeah, fault. You're just dug into a hole. I'm sorry. Um, but speaking of drifts, our next news story is over on Rocket League. No, it's not on Rocket League. Whoa, well, I mean, it's on it is. Rocket League. <laughs> it's on Twinfinite. Uh, it's written by Tom Meyer, May or something like that. That is Rocket League update disables loot box keys uh, in Belgium and the Netherlands. The latest update for Rocket League leases today um, has removed the ability to open loot boxes or crates with keys within the game for players in Belgium and the Netherlands. <coughs> I had to get that out of the way. Good. Um, the new changes... Uh, the new change was found in the patch notes for the 1.61 update, explicitly stating that the players uh, for the two regions can no longer open crates with keys due to government regulations. Um, yeah, the the crates can still be opened with decryptors, uh, which can be earned in in-game during special events or with the Rocket Pass. Um, last year, Belgium ruled that loot boxes in video games were a form of gambling and therefore illegal, um, citing FIFA 18, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Overwatch as examples. Uh, Valve disabled Counter-Strike Global Offense cases in... Uh, 
yeah, cases in Belgium and the Netherlands months after the ruling followed by blizzards. Overwatch and Electronics Arts seizing, ceasing the sales of FIFA points last January. I mean, this isn't this isn't really uh shocking. <laughs> I I I must I don't I don't know why this wasn't done earlier. I did we talk about this? Uh, yeah, we talked about this off the podcast. I'm yeah, how was this not done earlier? I don't like, yeah, I don't know. This this seems like this is something that should have been done a while back when everyone else was doing it. Yeah, if they declare loot boxes illegal, it's like shouldn't you just stop putting like I I don't know. Okay, so I mean, this is kind of I guess a different thing because it's not necessarily that they're ta- disabling loot boxes in Belgium and the Netherlands. They're just disabling the keys to open them can you still but you could still buy the keys like i doubt it i mean i don't know i don't know what these keys are used for otherwise yeah that's um, what i'm saying like, then opening but i mean you can get these decryptors to open them i i would I, i'm guessing you still these loot boxes still exist in the game they just can't open them with paid for keys. Okay, so I guess that is kind of an interesting loophole mm-hmm. because the whole gambling idea is that you put your own money into it and then it's like it's a chance-based system. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, but by eliminating the ability to put your money into it to actually use that on the loot box, you it's no longer gambling because you didn't spend any money on it, even isn't though it's it, still random. Isn't it still gambling, though? I mean... I mean, you're gambling in-game currency. That's like outlawing the like Pokemon Casino. It's yeah, still a it thing. It needs to happen. It's illegal. <laughs> it's dangerous. dangerous. The kids. Why won't anyone think of the kids? Yeah, think of the children. They can d- develop long-lasting gambling addictions based on p- freaking Pokemon. That's true. You gotta you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff, dude. Some wouldn't say random encounters in Pokemon is gambling. Just saying, oh, freaking yeah. Pokemon you know what? needs to be outlawed in Belgium and the Netherlands. Take, really, just everything. Take out all RNG out of everything. All roguelikes yeah, need to stop happening. Outlawed. Yeah, just everything. Everything. I mean, just anything with random components needs to be outlawed. Yep, we should know in, exactly uh, what will happen in Belgium and the Netherlands. Every time, all the time. It's yeah. Just, just massive charts of data. Do you think they hate surprises? Like, if someone like gives them a surprise birthday party, do you think they get really upset? Yeah, because it's a gamble it's, whether yeah, or not it's going to be great. Exactly. Or not, really. That's right. It's oh man. Whew. There's so many things. Oh my god. Just, I mean, I hate to, I hate to throw this out there. Do you think? That they'll outlaw like childbirth because in, initially you don't know what you're you gonna don't have. No. Yeah. At conception, you don't you don't find out what the sex of your child is. So, mm. like, Oof. I I I hate to throw this out there, but is pregnancy not gambling in Belgium and the Netherlands? Nobody knows, hmm. right? That's true. That's true. Sorry, but, uh, guys. You know, shouldn't uh, shouldn't have got that loot box. I mean, it's a slippery slope, Josh. It's 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 very slippery. You let somebody buy a loot box in a game, next thing you know, uh, they're having a baby, and something bad happens. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like that could have been a better analogy, <laughs> but sure, that was a perfect analogy. I don't know what we'll go from uh, you know loot boxes to having a baby. 
to news cram. Boom. Whoa. It's time to get into news cram, Josh. All right. Cram, 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 cram. It's also weird that we went from having a baby, which is the opposite of cramming, to then going all the way to cram. What are, like are we cramming the baby back in there? Is that how it works? Like that's not I'm that's not, not safe. Gonna... You shouldn't do that. Mm. I'm just not even gonna see. See, gonna. it's all kind of weird things. You you just had to, <laughs> just had to transition like that. Come on, man. Why I you mean, gotta do this to me? It just it worked. It, uh, it like it it was just it was seamless. Seamless. And then you brought attention to it, and now people are like, "Hey, that transition didn't make a lot of sense." And I'm like, "Oh, but it it did. Hmm. It just did." You know what? It also was. It was a surprise. So uh, this podcast, gambling in Belgium you know and the Netherlands, dude. You know what? We're banned. Indie, I'm sorry, Josh. Indie podcast. We just got on iTunes, and now we got banned from Belgium and the Netherlands. Wow, Oof, what a day! It's 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 a momentous occasion when you get blocked from an entire country. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> um, but our articles for Newscram today. Uh, the first one is One Finger Death Punch Two, available now on PC or now for PC. Sorry, got to get the title correct. Uh, mm-hmm. This is over on Twinfinite. Uh, then we got My Time at Portia gets a launch trailer for its console release. That is also on Twinfinite. Uh, Guard Duty arrives May second is over on IndieHangover.com. And uh, the last story in Newscram, because there was really just not a lot of news mm-hmm. this week. It's 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 weird. Uh, is uh, No Man's Sky Vulcan update is good news for PC players. That is also over on Twinfinite. Now, we need to bless the crowd, and God bless the crowd, Josh. It's going to be so good. I'm so excited. Hmm. We should get like a like one of those ominous chants. Not ominous, but like the like kind of thing that happens. I mean, that's pretty ominous. Yeah. Really? I mean, I don't want to, cause you know what that sometimes that signifies childbirth and that's illegal. Oh so. yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Maybe, maybe, well, we'll, we'll clip it out of the Belgium one. You know, we're not, we're not allowed in Belgium. I mean, I'm sorry. They, they won't know. It'll be fine. We still got this one. That's we still, we still have one. <laughs> they can't ban us yet. <laughs> they don't know yet. <laughs> that's true. This hasn't happened yet. I could cut all this out, but uh, yeah, but that will be... I though. Nah. That's gambling right there. You oh. don't know. You oh don't my know. goodness. Everything on earth is gambling, dude. This is everything it's live in a box, okay? So but our two uh games our two games over on God Bless the Crowd are from Kickstarter and it is uh well one is not a great game. It's actually mm-hmm. a retro uh streaming service called Antstream. <laughs> yeah, Antstream. The Retro Gaming Reborn as their tagline. <sighs> That's like cow game is so dumb. Um, and Grand Guilds, uh, which is a tactical RPG, dot, dot, dot. Guess what, Josh? It has cards. Yeah. <gasps> wow. I know. Cards? Big shocker. Josh grabbed a game with cards of all the, just a plethora of games that are on Kickstarter. Okay. The other one Josh was like this, sniffed out the this one, like one where it's these girls who ride cats and stuff. And I didn't really want to talk about that one. So I went with this. Okay. You didn't want to talk about anime boobs again? Dude, Come on, dude bro. Uh, speaking of anime boobs, you so with cards I, over anime I boobs? looked at, while I was going through the list, I saw that Subverse is still going on their goal. Right now, they're at 700, no, uh, it was 700 euros. It's like 900, almost a million dollars, like US Holy dollars. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. This is going to be the greatest game of all time. <laughs> and it's gotten- All these additional features. It's gotten to the point where they've gotten so much money that they keep adding- adding new like stretch goals 
to I mean Critical Role just had a momentous like Kickstarter. Now Subverse is actually going to pass it. Critical Role literally is going to get eclipsed by porn. So see? that's that's a thing. I mean, yeah, I can see it. Okay, so Antstream. Uh, they currently their ad, their goal is sixty five thousand two hundred and eighty eight dollars. They have uh, forty eight thousand four hundred one dollars. They have twenty two days left to go. Uh, the the brief like the, the the what am I looking for? Summary. I always get summary mixed with synapses, which is mm, just so weird. Those are I don't know how so different in level of complexity yeah. for the words though <laughs> i i know it's just a thing uh so the brief summary of what this is it's it's just it's a streaming platform for retro games that uh supposedly they're gonna allow it on uh your consoles your tablet mobile phone pcs all that good stuff the real question that i had was what games are you gonna have and boy do they not have the games i want to play josh <laughs> uh so they have they have a shitload of games. Uh, you can find the complete list of games on our website, but we have already secured the rights to more than 2,000 games uh, that they're going to add later. I think currently, how many games do they have? Uh, I think it says like 200 or something like that. They, they have a decent amount of games to start out with. So that is that is really nice, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the games that people... Games. 400 games okay so i checked that list and i'm assuming like a decent amount of people are going to want to play these games that are licensed by nintendo and if you know anything nintendo is not exactly great at sharing licenses with people they of course like infamously did not allow people to show coverage of nintendo games on youtube without being part of their partner program for the longest time so i doubt those are coming anytime soon (laughs) let's be real here yeah, I don't... Because I really wanted to play Earthbound, and I wanted to play any Legend of Zelda game. And I'm like, cool, I guess I'll just have an NES Classic and an SNES Classic. No big deal. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think... So that's... Uh, okay, so that was one of the reasons why I, I put this as one of the things. Because it's not... Like I said, it's not specifically a video game that they're trying to back on Kickstarter, but it's a whole platform. It's a whole service. And it just seems really strange, because it's like this... It's this group that comes out of nowhere and decides, let's take games that aren't ours and make a library of them. And it it just seems... Not just that. It's also like they're trying to make a community It's because it, they include like um, social aspects mm-hmm. to it where you can join groups mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, it's a really cool idea and a really cool platform. Um, I mean, I would say you also have to worry about bandwidth, but I don't exactly know how much bandwidth is like a running a retro game would require. Yeah, I don't really know. And I, I think there's obviously there's a lot of liberty with that just because these are much older games. And it's probably also easier to get a lot of these licenses just because most of the companies. Well, I don't know about easier. I mean, some of these companies probably don't. Well, that. Yeah, anymore. I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> easier as in. Like, you could just ask and they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. But as in, like, it's overlapped where there's really not a lot that people are going to care if these get used, I guess. And it's some some developers might even be more into it, like, if they're still around just for the preservation sake of things. Um, but it's, it's definitely very strange. Like, it still confuses me how they're getting these licenses. But it, it does seem kind of cool because what they're doing is they're adding these like uh if you look at the the thing there's like play solo challenges and challenging your friends so that stuff that you were talking about with the community of like 
it, it kind of reminds me of uh, what they're doing with like Nintendo Switch of having the you know the trade off of having people play the same one person game but like switch between controllers across i don't know if they're going to be able to do anything like that because that obviously takes re uh reprogramming for some of these games so this would probably just be more streaming but it, it reminds me a little bit of that to try and build up the like making these games that might be a one person game to try and have people actually like play together with it Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Because this is more for like beating high scores and and things like that instead. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like this is this is the the bad thing, and it's happening with like Netflix. It's happening with Hulu from the the video side. It's like, do we really need so many of these services? At the end of the day, it's really going to start racking up. Like, how much realistically? Let me see. So this is yeah. I was talking to one of my. I was talking to my best friend Chase about this. Um, that like eventually streaming services are going to cost just as much as like cable. Yeah. But I mean that's that's a. Assu- uh, he did bring up a good point. That's like assuming that everybody's going to subscribe to everyone or like constantly, which I don't. I have like Netflix. I have Hulu. Um, we technically have Amazon Prime, but that's because my fiance has Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and I have Funimation to watch dubbed anime because I'm a filthy casual. So Gross. it's like, and I don't need any more than that. Well, I mean, I'll probably get Disney Plus to watch The Mandalorian in November, but that's just that's an aside. <sighs> Stupid Disney. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah, because this would be so in the season backer, the access is about thirty seven dollars US. And it's getting access to AntStream at launch with six months of subscription. So $37 for six months. So this would generally be something where you're getting a discount for now. So like, what is this service going to cost normally? That is low. I would assume like, no. I would assume like 15 bucks a month. 15 a month, you think? That's, I mean, that's... That's... I mean, that would be, like, yeah. I don't know. I would never do this. Like, and granted, maybe there's people out there who would be more into this, but, like, this style of game, like, I would never justify paying $15 a month to play these games. And I know there's definitely games that are worth in, you know, in relation to older generation games, but, like, there's a lot of bad games, too. And I'm I'm assuming this, like, isn't going to be all... 4,000 titles of bangers. Like, this is going to be a lot of uh, stuff to really sift through. Yeah, I mean, it is cool, though, because you, like, you get to experience these, like, good and bad games without having to worry about, like, collections anymore. Because before this, I mean, yeah, there are, like, I guess there are, you could do emulators, you could do the mini consoles and stuff like that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. both, I mean, emulators aren't hard to find, but like mini consoles with the games you want might be hard to find unless you're like shooting for like a Raspberry Pi or something like that. You turn, there was like a, I think somebody turned an NES classic into a Raspberry Pi, huh. which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, but 
it I it'll it'll just make it easier to access these old like retro games, which I think you've said, which is it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I not all of them are gonna be great, but that's kind of the nice thing about spending such a small portion on it and getting such a large access to games is that some of them will be great, mm-hmm. and you get to shift through all the shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> great, <laughs> which I guess is kind of like yeah, that's it's kind of like Netflix's whole thing. It's like yeah, we've got three good things on here. <laughs> And then we got like a hundred shitty ones. Just figure it out. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it seems like the business model of all streaming platforms, if we're being honest. Uh, something that I find really cool about this, though, is it seems like uh, they said when they add new games, it goes through a couple of different things. First, they uh, acquire the rights to the games, and then uh, the community actually votes yeah, on the game. Yeah, I thought that and was then, cool. yeah, the. Yeah, the people who get the most votes, those are the games that come on. I'm assuming first, not like just in general. Mm-hmm. But that is really awesome. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is one of the things that would make me more lean towards this, I guess, is that if I was, you know, if I was getting into this, the main part is like you said, building that community. It's actually getting endeavored into this kind of society of older gaming, you know, retro gaming platform and being able to say like, Oh, there's this one game. Like it's the, the best game out there. We've got to get it and trying to rally people up to, to basically either believe you or to have that same opinion and say like, no, this is the game we need. And it, it, it makes it seem like you have a voice in, you know, a giant corporation. Obviously, this isn't going to be a giant corporation because this is a team of, it looked like 15 or 20-ish. It's definitely not a lot. Yeah, no, but, <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's basically giving you a voice inside a company that you're not obviously a part of. Um, so it's, it's a, nice, uh, a nice subset to it. Once again, I don't think that this would be for me, but there definitely seems to be already a good amount of people who are going for it. They have 474 backers. They've got $48,000 already towards their goal and they're looking for 65. So they're, you know, in relation to how much they've made, they're not that far off. They're more than two thirds there. Um, And they still have 22 days to go. So, you know, there's definitely a chance that this is going to make it. Yeah, I definitely think that they'll hit it. I'm, I'm, I'm not worried at all for this actually hitting the goal. I'm somewhat worried about the sustainability because eventually there's like it, they're going to run out of games that they can actually acquire licenses for mm-hmm. because certain companies just will not, especially because of the craze of like mini consoles. Right. It, right. I mean, it's like it's speculated that uh, there are certain games that were actually taken off the PlayStation Store because they're in um, the like the PlayStation Classics to possibly bolster sales for the PlayStation Classics. So, I mean, if that is true um, and people are trying to like push you toward buying mini consoles, it would behoove them to not allow you to use their license to acquire the rights for it. So, I mean, well, I mean, acquiring the rights for something is is way different than just purchasing a license by the way that is they're completely different things Mm -hmm. because acquiring the rights for something allows you to like i'm fairly certain it allows you to build upon that initial ip versus just acquiring the license allows would allow you to use it like hey you can play this game versus hey you can make more of this game right 
Yeah, I believe you're right. I, I'm not. I, I have no background in legal, though, so I would be. The yeah, last me neither. To ask about. I'm that. not a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other game that we got on here, and this is one. Uh, I mean, not the other game because the other one's not a game. It's a streaming service. But the actual game on here um, is called Grand Guilds, and it actually looks really cool. Oh, uh, even though it does have Shit cards on me Josh, for all those cards, cards, but uh, I still got gotcha. you. I mean, it looks. Uh, I'll be honest the artwork for it like the still drawings they do look way cooler than the game's actual graphics <laughs> um but this game looks freaking cool i do have one huge gripe so there's a guy in it that uses a bow um his name is it's a weird name it's something okay it's taking me forever to scroll to him <laughs> so he uses a bow and then his name is paco he uses a okay. bow and then there's a girl who has a sniper rifle? Why are you using a bow if guns exist in this universe? I don't understand that. Like, people go bow hunting now, but it's for sport. Like, is this guy bow hunting humans? I don't understand. Also, why are people using swords? You have guns. I mean... What? They're just, uh, you know... They uh, they're old school. Maybe this is maybe there's only like a few <laughs> guns and like no one can. There's one gun in no the game. Can... It's kind of like Bianca in the Dragon Age series. Yeah. It's like you can't. No one you can't get. No it. one can really you know afford the guns. There's not enough resources or like people don't know. I, I don't know. It's something stupid. But it, there's only only a few, <laughs> you know? And you can't you can't have it, except for that one. The developer puts in a one-liner about why there's only one gun in the game. <laughs> why nobody else using guns. It's like, yeah, I made this gun. And that's all I'd ever say. <laughs> it's just the one person who knows how to make it. It's a, it's a rare you know, handed down secret among their generation of people. Well, actually, um, in D and D, there's like a. Well, technically, it's not a, like an official class, um, because it wasn't created by the like creators of D and D. Um, but there's like a fan made class, I believe, actually created by one of the people who does Critical Role, and it's a gunslinger, and you're like one of the only people like on Earth that can create guns. See? You build your own guns. See, there you go. That's background solved. Now we know. Yeah, solved it. Uh, this game is looking for twelve thousand for its goal. It's actually already succeeded. It's uh, got fifteen thousand six hundred and twenty-six dollars, um, and it's coming to Steam. Uh, I, it's weird that it says DRM free. Yeah. I understand <laughs> that. I mean, that's just not a platform. It's weird to include it there, but okay. Um, and the Nintendo Switch. I'm actually super excited for this game. This game looks awesome. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Uh, it's it's very, uh, very normal in the sense of like a, a tactical RPG where you have the grid, you're moving your characters alongside it. But basically, as Vaughn already mentioned, uh, you have cards. So I think it's pretty cool because it definitely will make it feel a lot different. Normally in tactical RPGs, it's kind of learning your character and what they can do and then just playing it out that way but with this it seems that each character is going to have its own card set and then based on that you can use certain skills uh, for the cards you have based on action points and you can actually build your card deck out so you can change your character to play in certain ways so it's it's kind of enabling it so you have 
I don't want to say different classes specifically, but it gives them different play styles so that you can use the character in a way that might be not, you know, obvious, I guess. Uh, I don't know how, how vast the card actually mechanics get into this as to how many different variations you can have in a play style, but it seems pretty cool just from the, the concept that I'm seeing. Obviously I haven't seen anything more of the Kickstarter and just a few videos. Um, but I, I like it. Like I said, and we've talked about this before, even though you uh, always kind of rip on me about it. Anything <laughs> anything that's just a normal card game, meh. Anything that is uh, card game elements is a win. It's kind of like that Drake meme. I feel like that's definitely me. And it's like uh, the first one is just like normal card games like uh, Magic the Gathering. It's got the Drake with his like, nah, I don't like that. And then it goes to anything else. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> It's like tactical RPG with cards. You're like, ah, dude, you got me. You got me. I, did, I don't know how you did, but you like that was a loop de loop. You got me. Yeah, see, right. you know. I don't know. With tactical RPGs, it's a very hit and miss, hit or miss with me. Like I feel like um, I'm not always into them, but there are some that I just love. Um, Vandal Hearts for old school PlayStation, like PlayStation One, was one of my favorite games ever, and that was a tactical RPG. Um, but this definitely seems like something I could get into. I just, uh, I don't know. It, it does the, the art style to it does seem a little wonky to me. Um, yeah, the like overworld art style that's not hand-drawn kind of reminds me of RuneScape 3.0. It looks weird. Yeah. It's, I don't know if you play RuneScape 3.0. No, but I, it looks like this. I get, <laughs> I get what you kind of mean, just because looking at that, yeah, the weird, like, when you're traveling on the map and your ship does that weird turn, like, <laughs> like I don't know. Who's getting nitpicky now, Josh? I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't stop playing because of that, though. I would still play it. I just don't enjoy you that aspect. Yeah, it stops. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I don't know. Oh my god, it does turn weird. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It had I don't know. Just the, kidding, I can't play The this animation game, so to it is a little <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but otherwise it looks really nice. Uh Yeah, that ship turns on a dime. I'm pretty sure that's not how I mean, I guess it's an airship, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's got those thrusters on the side. It turns better than my car. Well that's it's kinda depressing. Really your car sucks. What are you gonna do? <laughs> It does. It does suck. <laughs> uh, the characters are really, really cool in this, especially that chick with a gun. I mean, I man, know. I'm so Only excited to find out how she got this. How did she gun. get it? Who knows? You'll have to. You'll have to back the Kickstarter to find out. Oh, that's super cool. I don't know why I made that sound with my mouth. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, just pushing my lips together, and then uh, I got to the social goals po- goals portion where it says, uh, "Your pre- your pledge means a lot to us, but there are also other ways to support the campaign. Help us spread the word on social media." And then, like right before that, um, yeah, you will get an awesome reward. And the reward is uh, they're going to create a short manga style comic set in the world of Grand Guilds. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting when they do little little things like that. I, I've been seeing it a lot more recently for Kickstarter where they're putting these like subset goals. Uh, this one specifically for the manga if they get these, but you'll see like things where 
for however many retweets or Facebook likes or things like that, they'll end up adding different little elements to the game. And I really like when they do that because it does, you know, boost that social aspect to this, which is very important when you're working on a Kickstarter. Yeah, everybody's got to share it, dude. I share like a freakish amount of Kickstarter stuff. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I just share a lot of indie game stuff. So yeah. that's just kind of my deal. Um, this brings us to our question of the day, or I guess the week technically, because we <laughs> this is a weekly podcast. I mean, um, you are so, asking a question on a specific day. So it's a question of today. Man, I'm so glad that you're with me here, Josh, because you save me from a lot of predicaments. I know, I got you. Um, Our question uh, this week is going to be, uh, should all games have difficulty settings? So this is also... I I think I brought up a conversation about accessibility in games either two weeks ago or one week Mm -hmm. ago. Um, But this was also a subsect of that conversation uh, with like accessibility and then difficulty settings were also brought in um, because of like Sekiro's difficulty. Do you think difficulty settings should be put in every game? Because I'll admit they are exceptionally nice because there are some games that I just, I don't play because I'm not good at video games and I literally just, I can't. (laughs) Um, get any better yeah <laughs> or i just feel like i can't i guess I'm, i get beaten down but i feel like i'm gonna be on the opposite end of this one i don't think they should be in games and oh just to be 100 percent clear i'm not saying that they should be in every game i'm just saying i like yeah, them yeah, yeah, in yeah. Games. of course of course <laughs> i do not think so um, and it's not, it's not for any reason of like, there's a lot of mean people in the world and there's some people who are, you know, the, the people who like shit on others for not being good at a game. And they'll basically say like, oh, well you should just get good or you shouldn't play it. Like, that's not the reason to point out. You've told me to get good like 20 times on this podcast. I know, but you know, that's because <laughs> we're, we're buds, you know, I could tell you to get good. I'm not going to tell. That's a good yeah, point. I'm not going to tell other people to get good. They can get whatever they want. But you, you got to get good. Um, but other people, <laughs> they can do what they want. But why I say that it shouldn't have uh, a difficulty setting for every single game is because it really breaks the mold for a game and the way it was meant to be played. So the way I kind of see uh, a lot of video games and the creation of things is the creator had an artistic standpoint in mind of how he or she wanted his piece of work to be consumed. Granted, I know there are, you know, different things where in like art styles or movies, you can have a different interpretation. But for mediums like movies, mediums like, uh, you know, artwork, it doesn't really work that way. You don't get to experience it in that different setting or at a different level, I suppose. And I feel like it just changes the way it was meant to be played, especially when you're doing things where you're making a game just totally kind of not, I don't want to make it sound mean, but basically just dumbing it down to a point where the game doesn't really have a challenge anymore. And I know there are some people who say, well, but I want the story or I want, you know, X, Y, and Z. And if that's the case, that's fine. There's people who literally play games and record without, you know, any part of them being a part of it where it's just the game and you can go ahead and you can watch it and you can get that same experience and that same feeling. But when you have games where it just takes that difficulty out, 
is there really a need for that when you could just technically watch it anyway? Oh, crap. I really wish I had a better memory right now. There is a counter argument to that, the whole, like, you can watch it. But if I'm being honest, I just forgot. I forgot <laughs> what it was. I saw it on Twitter, like, two days ago. They were like, hey, why don't you... Yeah, it was dumb. Um, yeah, I I agree with it. Uh, it. It can be an artistic choice. So when this originally came out, Corey Barlog was like, a, he said that... Um, like a difficulty setting was never going to be a, like an artistic choice in his games. Mm-hmm. Um, and people took that as like a, Oh, see Corey's on our side. Oh, F you difficulty settings sh- should be in every game and everything. And then I think later he actually retracted that and he was like, Hey, no, I'm just saying like in my games, that's not an artistic choice that I would make. Like, that's not the art that I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. But I think he actually said, like, he stood with From Software when it came to Sekiro and their games that, like, if that's the choice that they're making, then let them make it. Yeah. You you shouldn't force anybody to create a certain kind of art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah, it's it's complicated, just like accessibility, just like anything else when it comes to like art and games. Like this is a uh, my my friends on our on my other podcast. Um, we had a conversation about difficulty settings in games and it came down to like, yeah, we want it, but how are like, it's, it's going to cost money and it's going to cost developers time, Mm -hmm. um, to actually do that, I guess. I mean, this is speaking from a pure place of ignorance when it comes to game development. Like I've done a small portion of game development, but I, could never make something like Sekiro or like a FromSoft game. So I'm not going to say that I know anything about it, but it does seem like it would be, it, it would be like dramatically changing the game because those games are meant, like you said, they're meant to be played that way. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I'm going to fence sit on this one. I'm not <laughs> for or against it. Um, but I, wow. yeah. making, I mean, making me look like the asshole <laughs> picking a side. Well, no, I would totally be for <laughs> it if we could guarantee that this wasn't going to force like developers to like kind of crunch or do anything. Mm. Like if it wasn't going, if we're not forcing them to do it, um, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah. it's <sighs> like here's the thing. It's I just don't think it makes sense because this is someone working on something. And granted, I know that there are you know they're creating an item that they obviously want people to consume but if they're getting enough people to consume that good and they're happy with that and they like that consumer base then that's that's fine that they're a company they make those decisions i don't think that we should put a hard label that everyone has to do x y and z because it's just those kind of regulation or regulations aren't necessary. Like it's that kind of thinking that will cause games to always have the same kind of formula. And I don't obviously want that because it dulls out creativity. It dulls out the way that you can make a game because if you have to then consider every time you need to, Oh, well, if I make this game, I have to think about the difficulty levels and then I have to change things about it. I have to X, Y, Z it, breaks the game a little bit because it's not a clear concise this is how the game is played this is how it works i mean there's also something to be said about um 
I mean, it seems like not many people are being really clear is what they what they mean when they say it's an artistic choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think the, the reason that they're saying it's an artistic choice is because a lot of time the difficulty setting is actually tied in with the narrative. Yeah. So like in Celeste, yeah, for instance, that was my the example. reason it's so hard. Yeah, the, the reason it's so hard is because it's meant to be grueling. It's meant to be her journey. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing the difficulty just like she would, and you feel just as accomplished as like when you finish the game as uh, your character would. So I, I understand it both ways. I, I understand that everyone is like, Oh, but I want to play the game and there shouldn't be restrictions to who can play it based on their abilities, which totally makes sense. But then of course there's like the, Oh yeah, you can just, you can watch it. But of, of course that's, that's not at all as interesting as playing the game. Um, so it's just it's complicated. Everything with like art is complicated because you never know how people are going to receive it. It's I mean it's annoying in a way. Life is annoying, <laughs> yeah. okay, John? I mean a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely true. I just once again, I just go into it being, you know, they're a company and they can make their own decisions. I think at the end of the day, if a company hears their audience and there's enough people that say, "Hey, we want something like this," then they can consider it, but you know, they know what they're doing, they know what they're building, and I think if it doesn't make sense from their eyes to put in a different, you know, setting for that or a different difficulty uh, mode, then, you know, that's the way they intended it, and that's just how it's going to be. I should also say that there's kind of a negative stigma to the whole get good army, like all the all the people who play the like front soft games or they play like difficult games and instead of helping you they tell you to get good mm-hmm. um yeah, of course it's kind of it's a dick move <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like... it's totally mean but i mean there there are some of them that say it because they're being assholes and there are some of them that say it because they uh, they're like no there's a massive amount of like gratification you get from beating this game with no help like my like me personally i go through like all FromSoft games that i've played i do not do it in co-op because i want to experience that myself and i've heard of like how, how amazing it feels to like beat a boss in dark souls after like ramming your head against it for hours <laughs> i understand how it feels so i understand the get good people as long as they're not being assholes which Sadly, a large amount of them seem to be assholes, but there are some good ones that just want you to experience it. Like they, they just want you to experience it. They don't want to ruin it for you, I guess. See, so that's all I'm trying. That's to all do I wanted you. to say. Not all these guys are assholes. I have some friends that are get good people, and they like. They are that way because they've experienced it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's amazing. I want you to love this series as much as I do, but it's not going to be as fun as if it, like it's not going to be as amazing." as it would be if I help you mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I think this about ends it for this week's episode of the, you guys No, not the, not my other podcast. This oh, is the whoa. Indian Incursion what podcast. podcast are we yeah. On? I almost did the outro for my other podcast. Cause I just got totally distracted. Um, yeah, that was definitely not meant to be a shameless plug or anything. <laughs> just thought I get, I get it out of the way. Um, 
This brings it to the end of the Indie Incursion Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, we post a new episode of the Indie Incursion Podcast every Friday. Uh, it uploads to Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes now. Um, we got it on YouTube. You can check it out on Podbean. I'm going to try to get it on other podcast services uh, soon. We got like Pocket Cast uh, and CastBox and all sorts of other things. So it's going to be coming uh, to a lot of different places near you, I guess. Kind of. Not really. Um, <laughs> Um, probably just the thing in your pocket. I mean, so so thank you guys near. so much for... Yeah, it's very near you. Uh, you guys can chat with me outside the show uh, on Twitter at Hyde Legion, and you can follow Josh at the underscore George. And of course, uh, check out all of his written content over on ParallaxMedia One. Those guys are putting out a lot of really, really cool content. Uh, I just put out the podcast, so I don't have to do it. It's very nice. <laughs> Fucking slacker. but that's it for us today thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you guys have a great week bye guys